Welcome back to another episode of She That Believed. We are in season one, episode 11. Thank you so much. If you are continuing to tune in and catch the weekly episodes, I greatly appreciate you for doing so. Um, it means a lot. And I hope like what I'm speaking about helps you because it really does bless me. Um, not just because I'm talking, but having to go in and study and make sure I'm prepped in these things, in these areas and listening for the Lord is helping me to fine tune and strengthen my study skills and, um, make sacrifices so I can spend time with the Lord. So I won't get on here and do it in my own strength. Well, with that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer first. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people, Father God. I thank you right now for your covering. I thank you for your anointing, Father. I thank you that each and every word that you've spoken over our lives for our purpose, uh, comes to fruition, Father God, because your word is full of life, Father God. Help us to use our words to speak life and not death over our situation, over ourselves, Father God. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you that your mercy is new each and every day. Great is your faithfulness, Father God, unto us. I thank you that you are constant. You are never changing, Father God. There is no variableness found within you. Father, I thank you that you're not a man that you should lie, but everything that you speak comes to pass. Thank you, Father God, for those who are listening. I thank you right now for keeping us safe from danger, seen and unseen. I thank you for just silencing the mouth of the enemy, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. Come against all distractions, delays, and technical difficulties with the technology that we're using to listen to this word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So the title of this episode is, Is Your Way Planned or Are Your Steps Ordered? Oh my goodness. Um, and I'm gonna be completely honest, this was not the this was not what I had set up for episode eleven. For episode eleven, I had something totally different. It was all typed out, and I just kept hearing, No, you need to you need to share that part of your testimony, you need to share that part of your testimony. So I know this is for someone out there and we're going to get right to it. Proverbs 16, verse nine, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. And in Psalm 37 and 23, it says the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. What does it mean to devise? Well, it means to plan. So a man's heart plans his way. And not only does it mean a plan, but it means to invent from pre-existing ideas or principles. So basically, we're concocting things in our heart. <laughs> oh, we're going to get really into this. And like I said, I have no notes on anything. So this is going to be Holy Spirit led. Praise God. I mean, everything is. It's just I usually have notes. <laughs> the only notes I have are these definitions <laughs> in these scriptures. Um, direct means, because it says, but the Lord directed his steps. It's two definitions that stood out to me. The first one is to give commands or orders, like when you direct somebody, like a director. Um, so that's what it means to give commands or orders. The second definition means proceeding in a straight line or by the shortest course, straight undeviating not oblique oh mm. I let me tell y'all something this thing is hitting already and I hadn't even <laughs> gotten started yet so let me tell you the testimony back in it had to be 20 yeah yeah it was 2016 because I remember that because I was 30 and Black Panther was out so it's 2016. Um, or was it 2018? It might have been 2018. You know what? It was 2018. I'm sorry. It was 2018. Black Panther came out in 2018. Um, I was working at elementary school here in town. And um, I was like, okay, it's time for me to move. And let me say this. 
let me give you some backdrop story. I don't even know that's how you're supposed to say it. I think it's supposed to be like backstory, but I put backdrop story. So we're going to go with that. <laughs> so anyway, history. I'm going to give you some history. I moved back home when I was 23. I had recently graduated with my bachelor's um, of arts in English from Armstrong Atlantic State University. Hashtag Armstrong Strong. Um, Armstrong, Strong. <laughs> Armstrong forever. And um yeah, it was like 2009. I moved home. 2018, I'm still at home with my parents. Praise God. Um, I didn't really appreciate the time that I spent with them. And the reason being is because I was so busy trying to get out of the house and into my own place. I took it for granted. Everything the Lord allowed me to be able to intake and witness and it was just a lot and it wasn't until I moved into my own home and you know lived on my own that I realized how it was such a blessing to stay with my parents for so long one the blessing was in the fact that they let me stay there (laughs) for that long and two I learned what marriage really was is about by staying with them for so long I was able to see the ups and downs of marriage and know that it takes two people for a marriage to work. You love does not <laughs> love does not. Okay. That's not, yes, love is in, but that's not what pays the bill. The bills, excuse me, bills with the S love is not <laughs> you. I understand now why, why love was not on the table when um, marriage was negotiated between um, countries back in the day when, you know, prearranged marriage ruled the world. I understand, well, do the kids love each other? No, this is a business transaction. I I understand why it's like that. Um, It was, most cases, it was awful. Um, Women were treated like property and cattle, okay? That's, That's the reality of the situation. However, you can't the relationship needs a firm foundation any relationship needs a firm foundation every relationship needs a firm foundation and if that foundation is not firm if it's not solid the house is going to crumble it's going to fall apart you're going to have cracks in your like your roof and your walls and all of this stuff like everything's going to fall apart um anyway I was staying with my parents. I was teaching. And I decided it was after we had gone through the hurricane. Uh, it was Hurricane Matthew. So we lived through Hurricane Matthew, praise God. And I stayed with my cousin. My family, we traveled to Fayetteville, Georgia where my cousin resides shout out to my cousin if he's listening and you better be listening but anyway (laughs) he and his wife and their daughter i love them um after i visited there i was i have to move here i have to move here like this is i love it like it was cool it wasn't directly in atlanta because i'm gonna be completely honest i don't care for atlanta and it's not that i don't care for atlanta um the sights and sounds it's the traffic okay i can't stand atlanta traffic and i know i'm not the only person so if you're in atlanta i love atlanta as far as the food the clothes the the fashion and stuff like that i love atlanta for that but that traffic that i-75 i-85 y'all y'all can have that i'm (laughs) y'all can have that okay if there was a way from and i actually to be honest anytime i go I take the back road because I can't. I cannot deal with the traffic. If there's a way for me to get there without having to take the main road, I'm going to take it. So anyway, went there. I fell in love with Fayetteville. Love it because like I said, it's not directly in the city. I can get to the city in like 30 or 45 minutes if I needed to go there. But it's like I can maneuver around Fayetteville. Not that there's not traffic, but 
it's easier to maneuver around. If I can't maneuver around where I'm living, then I don't want to live there. It's too much. So I said, okay, I'm going to move here. And I was set. I was bound and turned. I said, I'm going to move here. Get out of my parents' house. My cousin already told me like I could have their spare bedroom, which is on the opposite side of where they live, where they stay. I mean, um, so their main house, and then you have like a staircase that goes up to the the extra spare bedroom. And you know, like I was like, okay, cool. We had it worked out. <laughs> I was like, all right, all I got to do is get my application into the board of education, and I, you know, and I did it. I did, and I had an interview. <laughs> And it was the day of the the um the premiere of Black Panther. I remember that because we had a Black History program that day at the school, and I had my interview scheduled. But the interview was on the phone. I left my phone in my classroom. My classroom at the time was a portable, and for some reason, the cell service that particular day was just wonky. I couldn't get good reception. So I missed the phone call and I called back. I spoke to the receptionist, I guess. And she said, okay, give me another. So I gave my classroom number, walked out my classroom. And I looked at the time when I walked in my classroom, when I came back in my classroom, I had missed the phone call. I'm like, how am I keep missing the phone call? I mean, and when I say I missed the phone call, like the phone rang after I walked out of my classroom. I don't even know how I didn't hear it. So I called back. <laughs> I said, I apologize. I don't know why I keep missing the call. So the woman who was interviewing, she called me back and left a message on my phone. I happened to go because I was waiting for her to call me. The lady said, okay, she's going to call you. She had a couple of people in, ahead of you. She's going to call you at, let's say it was four o'clock. I said, okay, now it's a Friday. So I was like, okay, cool, bet. Four o'clock came, no phone call. I stayed to work until five. And I said, I guess she's not calling. I went home. I had to go to the school the next day for something. I had to go back to my classroom, pick something up. I left it. When I walked in, I saw my phone was um, flashing red. That means I have a voice message. I listened to the voice message. It was the lady who was supposed to call me for the phone interview. And she had a really nasty attitude. Um, her attitude was so nasty. To, and it was just... And I understood that I missed that we were missing each other. So she was, I, I could understand that she was a little irritated, but the way she talked on the phone, I can't even remember what she said, but I just remember the tone. And I was, I said to myself, I can't work for anyone who allows people to talk like that to people. I get it. We were supposed to have a phone interview, but the time you gave me, I waited for over an hour. And you never called me. You called me like she did call like around 530 that afternoon. But I stayed over an hour, you know, and I was like, I, you know what? I said that was three times. I'm done because I could feel it. I said, if I keep it's not meant for me to do. It wasn't meant for me to do. And I'm glad that it didn't work. I am. I'm glad it didn't work. I would have loved the opportunity to move somewhere else and spread my wings. However, it was not meant for me to do it. And at that point in my life, I, I could say I had matured in that area because if I were younger, oh, I would have pushed that envelope all the way off the table and kicked it a couple of steps. Like it would have been, no, I got to do this. I got to do this. I have to do this. But that's the thing with growing older and having wisdom. And I won't say you have to be an old person to have wisdom. No, I had a lot of experience. So when I say I'm growing older, I mean like I'm maturing. Um, I had matured in that area enough to know if you keep missing the call, 
And it's, you know, you get this kind of voice message. That means you don't need to do it, friend. <laughs> sit that out. You know, chalk that up as an L and just just sit it out. Um, and that's, that's what I did. And it was the best decision I had. Now, the following year, I had a rough school year. It was rough. I would say that. It was rough. But, and then now, and the whole time I was thinking, I should have went to Dogfield. <laughs> I should have just went. <laughs> I should have just went anyway. But it was okay because those moments of difficulty and things like that that I experienced um, in the following years prepared me for what I'm doing now is teaching high school. So I said all of that to say, how many times have you been giving, been given signs by the Lord to cease and desist what your plans are so he can put you on a path where your steps are ordered because i'm looking at these scriptures and it's like oh my gosh a man's heart plans his way and it says it's invented from the definition of devised means invented from pre-existing ideas or principles what are the pre-existing ideas or principles that you're devising your plan from? See, here's the thing. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you and to bring you to an expected end. If you read it in the New International Version, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. If we are concocting and putting together plans in our hearts that are based on something that's pre-existing. It can never equate to what the Lord has from us for us because he knows our end from the beginning. He formed us. He makes nothing. He takes, he, he takes nothing and makes it something. So why would you want, to go by the plans that you have made for yourself based off of what you've gathered from your earthly experience here because more than likely the plans that you've made for yourself are based on the quote-unquote american dream which is a lie um or what your family did or something that somebody else has already done before you because that's all that's really where we get all of our knowledge all our knowledge comes from People who have done it before us and written and written a blueprint. They did the blueprint and we're just following it. Seriously. All the textbooks, all those quotes in English, all those books, somebody else wrote that. And we're just learning it and regurgitating it so we could pass the test. <laughs> so the plans that you think for yourself will never be good enough. They will never exceed what the lord has for you because he's not a man he's god god all by himself as the old folks say there's none beside him nobody can light a candle to him so me personally i'd rather take what he has already ordered for me to do versus what i'm doing in my own strength because the only reason i have strength is because he gave it to me see how all of this ties in together so it's like a breakdown of this verse is just it's just blowing my mind away because <laughs> a man's heart divides and let me tell you about the heart let's pause it a man's heart is deceitfully is desperately wicked and wait is deceitfully wicked and desperate it's something. Your heart is bad. Okay. Let me find this. <laughs> your heart is not good. When they say follow your heart, don't follow your heart because you're going to follow your heart to hell. And I'm, I'm so serious when I say that. Do not follow your heart. Abort the mission. Abort the mission. When they say whatever your heart's desire, don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because your heart will get you in trouble. It says in Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So it says a man's heart deviseth his way, plans your way. More than likely your plans is some evil in there. 
some selfishness in there. Pride is in that. Mm. See, we don't want to talk about that because we want to believe that you have a good heart. As long as I have a good heart, the Lord will help me. No, that's not what the Bible says. In Jeremiah 17 and 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? <laughs> you don't know your heart. The Lord knows your heart. Um, in 1 Samuel, I can't remember what chapter, but Samuel went to anoint the next king of Israel while Saul was still on the throne. We ain't even got our time in the day to talk about that. But the Lord told him, because Samuel said, it's nobody else here. Because he tried to pour the oil, the oil with the oil, the oil stayed in the pot. It was not coming out. And the Lord said, man sees and judges from the outside, but I see the heart. So your plans that you have planned for yourself from your heart, a man's heart devises his way. A man's heart plans his way. Really look at those plans. What is the root of those plans? Why did you use those pre-existing ideas or principles? More than likely, selfishness, pride, revenge, mm, bitterness, mm. See, only you can really sit there and, and analyze your heart's decisions. And you still won't even get to the depth of your heart. It's stuff in your heart that you don't even know about. The Lord will have to show it to you. <sighs> a man's heart devises his way. It's a semicolon there because I use the King James. It's a semicolon. And then it says, but hmm, your heart will plan a way for you. But see, in Proverbs 3, chapter 5. Not three, chapter five, chapter three, verses five and six. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your path. Hmm. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Proverbs three, verses five through six. See, I had a plan. I'm not even going to tell you my overall plan in my life. I think I've already said that before in the first episode of this season, how God had me on the chokehold. <laughs> I planned a lot of stuff when I was younger. I had, I planned how I was going to be married. I planned how the engagement was going to be. I planned the wedding. I had the wedding planned for like, don't even ask me because it's embarrassing. I had all this stuff planned. I had what job I was going to get. I had everything planned down to a T and none of it happened. I didn't get married at the age I wanted to get married at. I'm still not married. I'm almost 40, still not married. And I am perfectly happy with that. <laughs> um, no children. I was supposed to have all my kids by now. And they were supposed to be like in middle school at this point And almost out my house. <laughs> Um, no children. I, well, I do have a dog and that's my baby right now. Okay. Um, supposed to be making X amount of dollars. No, <laughs> you know, it is. I had all these plans and it's nothing wrong with plans. There is nothing wrong with plans, but what we're supposed to do is take our plans to the Lord. Cause this, but B U T is here. After this semicolon, it's a conjunction. Don't get me to say the technical name because it's late and I don't want to think that hard. You have coordinating conjunctions, you got conjunctions. You listen, it's a fanboy, okay? For and nor but or yet so. Fanboys in English, that's what we call them. Those are um conjunctions. You have but. But means to stop. <laughs> It means to interrupt something. That's what but means. It means an interruption of a thing. But the Lord directs his steps. And let's look at the direct thing. It means to command or order. He commands your steps. He orders your steps. If you've never heard that song, Order My Steps. Oh, mm, 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 mm. you need to listen to that song. Order My Steps. You can listen to the Brooklyn Tab version. Any gospel choir, I'm pretty sure, has had to sing order my steps that song right there get you right 
The second definition of direct, that's, whew. And the Lord just showed me something with these words. Like, I, golly. Okay, okay, I'll make sure I say that, Father. I will. <laughs> the second definition definition of direct is to proceed in a straight line or by the shortest course, straight, undeviating, not oblique. Oblique is, when it's not oblique, that means it's transparent. That means you see it. You see. You can see through it. Oblique means you can't see through anything. It's unclear. It's ambiguous. It's it's like, wait a minute. What's happening? It's not that. It's not ambiguous. It's clear. You know, the Lord wanted to lead the children of Israel the short way. But he took them the long way to prove them. And I can't, I'm, I'm, like I said, I don't have notes, but just trust me, you can research that. It wasn't supposed to take the children of Israel that long to get to the promised land. I want to say it was supposed to take about 11 days. It ended up being 40 years. <laughs> 40 years. But here's the thing. That same verse or the verse after it says the reason why the Lord took them the long way is because if he would have took them the short way and took them through all of their enemies and, you know, like the Canaanites, the Amorites and all the other ites, if he would have took them the short way, they would have encountered all those people and they would have got scared and tried to go back to Egypt. So he took them the long way. So that way they wouldn't have to encounter those things until they were ready. Oh, my gosh. Mm. sometimes it feels like the Lord is blocking us from what, where we're trying to go. And my other testimony, which fits this perfectly. When I graduated from college, I wanted, I was, I'm not going to say I was supposed to No, it happened the way it was supposed to happen. When I graduated from college, I was like, okay, I'm getting a job teaching high school because I got a college degree. <laughs> I have a college degree. You can't tell me what to do. I have a college degree. Yeah, okay. You're not certified yet, sis. Go have a seat. And that's basically what happened. I had to start at the very bottom and work my way up. I started out as a substitute teacher. Like when I say the like the bottom of the totem pole, I'm talking about the bottom of the total pole. This means like no disrespect to anybody's job position or title. I'm just telling you like this is literally the ground up for teachers. Substitute teach. Um, and then I became a long-term sub in a special education classroom. That turned into a special education parapro, which turned into being a secretary in the front office of my former high school, my former um my alma mater. And then I became a teacher. I became a special ed teacher. I want to be an English teacher, but I became a special ed teacher first. And then I became an English teacher. But I originally, I wanted to be an English teacher to begin with. So why did I have to climb that ladder? Why did I have to go the long way? I never understood it. But you see, it wasn't until I was a spare teacher crying in my classroom, not knowing what I was going to do, that I looked back and I remembered, oh, wait, when I was sitting as a parapro in a long-term sub in the special education classroom, I saw how to do an IEP. I sat there and watched my lead teacher do it, and she explained it to me. She taught me how to do this. I know how to do this. It might not be right the first time, but I know how to set it up. I know how to get it right. And I can ask for help because I went the long way. It prepared me for what I do now. It gave me experience. It gave me wisdom. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. Wherever you are, whether you are a bus driver, you work at McDonald's, you do not despise the day of small beginnings. Because I'm going to tell you what, it taught me to respect parapros, which I did already because my mom taught me that. My mom was a parapro in the same school system. My granny was a bus driver in the same school system. So I'm third generation working in this school system. 
And it's like my mother and my grandmother paved the way for me to get here. The Lord allowed them to set this tone, set this pace. And I started not understanding why I had to keep working in a special education classroom. That's not what I went to school for. I have a degree. Why am I doing this? Oh my gosh, I'm going to be here forever. Complaining and complaining and complaining. And it wasn't until I became content in whatsoever state I was in. It wasn't until I became content that the Lord said, okay, she ready. Let's move out. And I'm telling you, the moment I said, you know what? If I got to stay here for the rest of my life, I'm going to do the best I can. I got tired of fighting against it. I got tired of hating my job. I got tired of looking at it like it was beneath me. And I started embracing what I was doing and loving what I was doing. And understanding that I needed to be there for whatever reason it was. It didn't even matter anymore because the Lord put me there and I knew the Lord had me there for a reason. I finally started understanding and seeing that. And huh, it brings me to tears when I think about how good God is because he didn't have to do that. He could have put me in a classroom straight out of uh, college and as unprepared and ill-equipped as I would have been, I would have made a fool out of myself with that blessing. Now, when I go to work to my classroom, I look around in my classroom and I think there was a time I, I dreamt of this. There was a time I could only imagine what it would be like to have my own classroom when I was taking care of students who were sick students who needed my help who couldn't talk they didn't know how to take care of themselves in certain areas and I was like man it, it seemed like it would never happen for me and now when I walk in my classroom I'm standing in the very thing that I used to pray for And it was hard. It was so hard. I, I've gone through some stuff and it's like, why does it feel like it's never going to happen for me? But it wasn't until I became content with the state that I was in, whether I was abased or abound, it didn't matter. If I couldn't put my focus on Jesus and see that he was using it for my good, it, I, I just... I couldn't move from that spot because I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready to handle that blessing. And that is what the Lord is saying is that you're where you are is because you're not ready yet. He does not want to give you something that's going to cause you to sin or it's going to cause you to make an idol of what he blesses you with or it's going to cause you to make a fool of yourself. He loves you that much that he's going to keep your he's going to keep you right there until you grow in maturity and wisdom. In stature, the Lord will withhold no good thing from those who love him. He's not going to withhold anything from you. He loves you. Why would he withhold something good from you? No good thing is he going to withhold from you. But you're not ready yet. And it's okay. And if you look back at the verse, a man's heart deviseth his way. But the Lord directed his steps. Let's look at the difference between a way and a step. A way is something long. It's a whole. I Y'all, I have my whole life planned. How many, how many of y'all have your whole lives planned? You can see. You can see it. Your whole life is planned ahead of you. It's before your eyes. But notice it says the Lord directs or orders his steps. A step. Is something small. You might have to walk in baby steps. You might can't take an adult step. For me, it was baby steps. It was them infant steps. Infants can't even walk. It was like, you going to go the slow, slow way. You going real slow on this path, friend. Because the Lord know as soon as he show me something, 
I'd be ready to do, go do do a sprint. I'd be ready to be like um Shelly and Frazier out here. Whew, I'm gonna no 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 bring you all the way back. <laughs> we gonna we gonna scale this all the way back for you, friend. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all, my God, he he is awesome. He is amazing. And he does it for our protection because he loves us so much. He does it for our protection. He's protecting you. He's not trying to punish you. He's not punishing you. He's protecting you. You may think you were supposed to get the job. No, you weren't. Why do you think some people's testimony was that door closed on that job, but if I would have took that job, I would have missed out on what I was supposed to do. That's because he directs our steps. It's small increments, little by little, little by little. It's almost like people who are losing weight, which I got to start back because look, when I was out for my surgery, I was just eating like a, you listen, that food was so good. I had been like restricting myself from eating everything and everybody bought everything while I was, you know, recovering from surgery and I ate, <laughs> I ate this weekend too. So, um, yeah, I had to get back on it in the morning. <laughs> I'm gonna start back. I promise I'm gonna start back. Um, yeah, like, but here's the thing. If you lose a lot of weight in a short amount of time, it's cool, but guess what's going to happen? You're going to put the weight back on faster than you lost it. And you're going to put extra pounds on versus losing small increments over a long period of time. That's the best way because you know what happens? Your body is <laughs> crazy. Your body crazy. When you lose weight at a rapid pace, your body doesn't accept it. It rejects that. So it will revolt and put the weight back on, especially if you're not, if you hadn't been training your eating and working out routine and stuff like that, your body gonna be like, oh, we're putting this back on. Boom. Well, if you lose weight over a smaller, over a long period of time with smaller increments, you're training your body to lose weight at a certain pace. That is more durable and more long lasting. And your body has like a cap weight, I'll say. It's a weight that it was used to having and carrying around. So if you, let's say you weigh 200 pounds and you want to lose 20 pounds, your body's used to carrying 200 pounds. That's what it's used to carrying. It's adjusted. Your feet will actually grow when you put weight on. To accommodate carrying the, the extra weight. That's why pregnant women, their feet swell and they get, some women get, their feet get bigger. It's to carry that weight around. Your body has to balance. Your body does a lot of cool stuff, okay? Except for lose weight. That's not cool. I meant to gain weight. That's not cool. Gaining weight is not cool. Anyway, um, so your body's used to being 200 and here you go trying to drop weight. Your body's going to fight you. That's why you plateau and you have to do different adjustments. You plateau at a certain time because your body is like, no, we're not losing. <laughs> no, we like it here. You have to fight it. But I said all that to say your steps, just like it's beneficial to lose weight at a slower pace over a long period of time. You want the Lord to order your steps and only allow you to take a step here or take a step there. You might get to take two or three steps if you don't have to take the hard headed uh, course, crash course like I did. <laughs> he might let you take two or three steps. But and I know you're like, well, what about the scriptures that says run the race with patience? It's in there, too. Yeah, because at certain points we, we do get to run. We do get to run. But. That's after we've surrendered. We have to allow the Lord to direct our. We got to allow him to have control. That was actually one of the definitions um, for direct is to be in control. 
We got to give him the control. We got to give him complete control over our lives and our plans and our desires. We have to. And the reason why I say we have to is because we literally have to do it. Because what's going to happen is if you don't give him your plans, he's not going to fight you. God is not, God is a gentleman. Our Heavenly Father is a gentleman. He's not going to fight you on that. He's just going to go, okay, I'll wait. And trust me, he has more patience than you ever will. He he is he will outweigh you. You will sit there and kick against the pricks. You will sit there and hit your head up against that brick wall so many times, like I had, like I did. And all he's gonna do is go, Are you finished yet? No, you haven't had enough? All right. I'll come back and check on you. <laughs> That's I mean, seriously. It's like the children of Israel went around the mountain 40 years in something that should have took them like 11 days to get to. Why would you do that to yourself? The days are short. The days are the days are getting shorter. We don't have time to waste. The Lord needs you to be obedient. Once again, we're hitting on the topic of obedience. The Lord needs you to be obedient so you can fulfill the purpose that he has placed inside of you. Everyone who is taking a breath right now, breathing in and out, you have purpose inside of you that is needing to be birthed into the earth realm. You have purpose that needs to be, somebody needs what you have inside of you. Somebody needs it. You, listen, your obedience will save somebody's life. Your obedience to the, to the will of God will can save somebody's life and will save somebody's life. But if you don't submit and say, Lord, here are my plans. Here's my life. Here's everything, all my hopes and dreams. Take them. They're yours. Do what you will, Father. I, I want to I wanna have, I want to be you're a servant. I want to be your vessel. I want you to use me. If you don't say that, you you gonna you gonna waste time. I'm I'm here to tell you I'm a living witness. I'm a living witness. I felt like when I finally started walking this thing out the way I was supposed to, the way I am doing now. When I started walking this thing out, the Lord started opening my eyes and letting me see stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me if I would have just done it? And I'm going to tell you, that thing, I got a little depressed on that. I got really upset with myself. And I started beating myself up about it. And the Lord was like, why are you doing that? That's in the past. I ain't got time for you to be moping around here about and, and grieving things that are of the past. Because it's going to hit you like, oh my gosh. If I would have just obeyed. I could have gotten here sooner. I don't want that for y'all. I don't want that for y'all. I, I know someone now. I told this person. Um, because I felt like the Lord was telling me to tell this person. You need to do X, Y, Z. This person still hadn't done it yet. And this person is going through a lot of hardships right now. And I'm praying. I'm praying for this person each and every day that. Submission happens. Obedience happens. Because right now, because when you don't follow God's steps, when you don't, I'm not, I don't want you directing my steps, Lord. Okay. Then you're in disobedience. Disobedience is sin. Sin has consequences. So for this, for this friend of mine, it's like, I don't know what else to say to you, but you're in disobedience at this point. Because I know what the Lord spoke through me to you. And you still hadn't done it. So all of this stuff that you're going through. And I, when I tell you, it's not just, I mean, it's life stuff, but it's the way it's happening. I'm like, it's because this person is in disobedience. And it's like, I know why the person hasn't done what the Lord has told him to do. Because this person is holding on to something and feels like, 
You have to be there for that. And it's like, you got to give that thing to the Lord. And until you give that thing to the Lord, you're going to keep going through this stuff that you're going through. The Lord said for you to do this and you sitting here worried about well, what I got to be here for this. No, you don't. You got to trust that the Lord has you in every area. And that's so hard to do. It's so hard to do, but that's why we have to stay in his word and let his word encourage us. I mean, that's why we need the body of Christ so we can encourage each other. I went through something last week. One of my sisters at my church. She texts me out of the blue right when I got done praying. Here's her text coming through confirming and encouraging me. My gosh, it was powerful. And it was a reminder from the Lord. He used her to remind me like, look, I got you. I know. I know. But I got you. You know, and it's. Whew, if you're not following the Lord's lead in your life, you're in disobedience. And if you look around your life now, you could be going through a lot of different things, um, trying to figure out why this keeps happening. Why is it once when I get this thing done, here comes another thing. And when this happened, then it's another, it's like a domino effect. That's because you're in disobedience. Not that life can't happen like that. Cause life does life, you know, life be life. And however, you have to stay in tune to the spirit of God. And if you watch the patterns of things, if you watch the pattern of things, you'll notice, okay, this is spiritual. I need to handle this with spirit. Like, I mean, everything handle it with, with, with prayer and fasting. But some things you ain't even got to fast about, you know exactly why that's happening. It's because you're in disobedience. Period. I say it like that because... I know from experience what that's like. I do. I'm not just trying to be mean and no, I know exactly what that's like. I lived that life. No, I'm gonna do it this way. I'm gonna do it this way. And nothing worked out right. Nothing. Then I got myself in trouble. The longer I stayed in disobedience, the more trouble I ended up accumulating and getting myself into. Why would you want to live a life like that? Wasting time. Don't do that to yourself. Just don't do that to yourself. So as I close out, I just want you to know the Lord loves you. He cares about you. And he's not going to withhold any good thing from you. However, you have to be obedient to what he's trying to get you to do. And if you don't understand what that means, I highly suggest you get under the body of Christ, you, you fellowship with other believers and you get the elders, um, those older men, the older women who know Jesus, not just the ones who be going to church and gossiping and stuff. No, the ones who know Jesus and are walking and living this thing, um, walking and living in the word of God and, and walking it out walking their faith out. I highly suggest you get up under these people and, and you talk to them and you glean from them. Because, like I said, the days are getting shorter. We don't have time to waste. It's time to get it together now. All right? So, I want to say Happy Mother's Day um, before we go on to Monday. <laughs> happy Mother's Day um, to every mother out there. And for those of you who have lost a mother, um, my prayers and thoughts are with you. Um, I've seen firsthand how that affects people when they lose their mother. I mean, dads too, but it's something about the moms. It's something about the moms. When the moms close their eyes that last time on this side. Um, so I, like I said, my, my heart, my prayers and thoughts go out to you for um, any of those who have lost their mom. And I hope y'all have a great week, work week, and make sure you have time to study, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Make sure you study the word of God. Make sure you spend time with the Lord this week. Set aside time, purpose to set aside time. And you know what? Once in a while, instead of asking him to fix stuff, just tell him, thank you. 
Just say thank you. You know what, Lord? I just want to say thank you. I just want to sit here and tell you thank you for the air that I breathe. Thank you for my eyes working. Thank you for my nose being able to smell. Thank you for my voice. Thank you for um, my hair growing on my head. You know, just thank him. Just thank him once in a while. He's our heavenly father. It's almost like having a dad, but you never told him thank you for doing anything. You just constantly go to him and ask him for stuff. And any dads listening, that's not a good feeling, is it? No, it's not. So why would you treat your heavenly father like that? Hmm. Or moms, your kids constantly come and ask you for stuff instead of saying thank you. It don't feel, it doesn't feel good. I mean, I don't know the severity of that from a parent standpoint, but as a teacher, you know, I buy snakes, uh, snakes, buy snacks and stuff for my students and they just go get snacks. Once in a while, I get a thank you. That does something to you. It's like, oh, you, you notice. But when they don't say thank you, it's kind of like, well, dog, y'all just want me for food. <laughs> okay. You just want me for my money. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. So tell the Lord, thank you, Father, for waking me up in the morning. Thank you for allowing me to sleep at night and have peace and sweet sleep. Thank you. Made that a habit. So as I close, like I said, I hope y'all have a great rest of your week. And I will talk to you later. Bye.